lovies, welcome, welcome to my podcast. It is a very important podcast today because I am officially wrapping up Queen's ninth album, Flash Gordon, released in the very end of 1980. Quite a year for the boys. They dominated with the game and they toured, they toured the game and they wrote and recorded this goodness, some of it right up to the last minute. Very impressive. To say the guys were on top of the world at this moment, especially given the success of Another One Bites the Dust in many different parts of the world, doesn't say enough. And you know what? My cord is a mess. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm going through the motions. I'm in the thick of it. I'm in my groove. And then I, I there's this huge knot, and I apologize if the, the inner workings of the cord, me moving it around, are obvious to you as listeners, because I know how that is. I hate those strange sounds that come from working with equipment. Okay, and now, before we officially dive into this number, or this number, before we dive into this queen deep diversion, excuse me, these are not dives, these are, I, I've been calling them diversions. I'm going to take a sip of water. Ice water. Fantastic. Yes, I started calling these particular episodes Queen Deep Diversions because a long time ago, when I first started doing my Queen Deep dives, I decided I was going to give each album to a member of the band that impressed me, who impressed me, more than the others. And that's not to say I thought the others were bad. That's not to say I thought the others were sorely lacking in their enthusiasm or their performance. No. This is the man, the one, who I could not stop focusing on, stop listening to through most of the album's songs. Or there was something about them that resonated through everything on the album. Let's recap a little bit what I've done in the past. Queen, their debut. I gave it to Roger. Queen 2, I gave it to Freddie. Sheer Heart Attack went to John. A Night at the Opera, I know, I know. Controversial, but it went to Mr. Brian May. And then, of course, there was a day at the races. I gave that to Freddie. John got honorable mention. News of the World, Roger Taylor. Jazz went to Brian, and the game went to John. But Flash Gordon is not like the rest. One of these things is not like the others, right? Flash Gordon is not meant to be like the rest of Queen's albums. And they knew that even when they were working on it. This was not going to fit into their catalog like the rest. And in a way, as I talk about this album and close it out here, I'm going to go back to some of the stuff we talked about, kicking it off to recap. In a way, you can't even compare this to the rest of the albums because it simply doesn't fit with the rest. This is not apples to apples. Yes, we've had turns in style and genre from the boys at every, at, at every album, practically. We've had some notable shifts, A Day at the Races to News of the World, but we haven't had this massive change in format like we do here. Brief themes, lots of dialogue, a world created within 
the progression of the tracks. That's not what we've had previously. So this is a unique experience, Flash Gordon. And because of that, I have to think about who impresses me the most. And I waffled on this a little bit this time because usually I know as I'm getting towards the end of an album or by the time I reach side two, I usually know who's going to get it. And this time I hesitated, but I went back and thought about the intentions of this album, the motivation behind this album, not just the performances. And I could only land on one man. I could only land on one man for Flash Gordon. And of course, it has to be, drum roll please, or guitar fanfare, please, Brian May. Mr. Moody May. I love Brian's songwriting. He took this album by the horns. He wanted to do this. Based on everything I've read, even though every single one of the guys put efforts into the contributions, the compositions, Brian was the driving force and the biggest factor with Flash Gordon. He really was the one to see this through. So perhaps it's the obvious choice to give this to Brian, but he was indeed in the driver's seat as the band created this album. Remember, he was the sole producer along with Mac, with Reinhold Mac, and he pushed to include dialogue from the film to provide a brief but important narrative that would create a world for the listener. You might even say the album concept, aside from the cover art, courtesy of Freddie, was almost entirely Brian's. He spent time with the orchestra and Howard Blake to create cohesion between all of these compositions. Yes, Flash Gordon is a collaborative effort and all of the boys contributed their magic, but Brian owns this. From the memorable single and feature track, Flash's theme, to the epic closer, the hero, and many moments in between. The second half of this album is almost entirely Brian's doing. Yes, those compositions incorporate, incorporate, incorporate many different themes that were provided from the other boys, but Brian's the driver. Most of the recurring themes that dominate the album are courtesy of Brian. Beyond his obvious focus on the album and its creation, is his performance. Of course, I take into account the performance. You guys know it's not just about intention or art direction. If that was the case, I probably would have given a night at the opera to Freddie. But I, I couldn't because of the performance of Brian on that album, right? And so here, I love Brian's performance on Flash Gordon. Of course, the synth jabs and the swells are impressive and rare in Queen's catalog at this point. But when Brian appears, his enthusiasm as he nails the licks and those riffs littered throughout the higher energy numbers is off the charts. His prominent harmony vocals are a treat to hear and his brief but affecting delivery in the soulful bridge of Flash's theme as a lead vocalist is inspiring and touching. He has that nostalgic, introspective tone. Clearly, Brian's passion for this album and seeing it through is a vital piece of its ultimate expression and character. Where it ends up is largely because of Brian. Now, 
I can't just leave with that. I want to talk about this album a little bit more as a whole because I was thinking about how I feel about it. I've been on a little bit of a roller coaster ride with Flash Gordon. My opinion of it has shifted dramatically back and forth as the weeks have gone by. And the biggest reason for that is because I specifically waited to listen to the bulk of this album until I was ready to dive into it. I hadn't seen the film. I hadn't heard the music for the most part. Of course, I'd heard Flash's theme and probably the hero at one point or another. But I hadn't really taken in any of these songs. I hadn't experienced them at all. This was very different than the previous albums and dives I've done where I already knew these songs. I can already sing them from one to the next. You know, I I know them backwards and forwards, most of these songs, but this album was different. I I had an entirely raw experience with it, the soundtrack. So that changed my perspective. I I originally thought this album was going to be perhaps at the very bottom of my list of Queen albums, which doesn't really say anything because I've said it before, nothing the guys do is bad on a whole. There might be numbers that don't impress me as much. That don't impress me much. Sorry, I I was watching the Shania Twain documentary the other day, so I'm thinking about Shania. I love Shania. Anyway, there are things that I don't love as much as the rest. And there are occasionally songs that, as I go through them in detail, even though I've heard them a million times, I suddenly come out not liking them as much, which is very rare and very odd. But for the most part, yeah, I, I, I know the songs, but this was so different and I kind of lost my way with this. I'm so sorry. Flash Gordon, entirely different experience for me. So I was expecting this to be at the bottom of my list. And then as I started to get through it, I thought that this is actually really impressive. It isn't just a a confident and, what's the word I'm looking for? It isn't just an admirable effort. This is something that the guys clearly put a lot of thought and intention into when they performed these pieces. I think they really wanted to genuinely capture the weight and the emotion of the film and the characters. That's what they were aiming for, and they did an incredible job doing it. So as I was getting through these tracks, and I started to get into side two, which is very energetic, because we're coming to the climax of the film. There's a lot of rising crescendos and tension there. I thought, this is actually better than I anticipated. This might even not be at the bottom of my list, if I'm honest, but something shifted again as I got towards the end. I can't rank this in my Queen albums. I I can't do it. Even though you will look at retrospective reviews that say, fans will say, this ranks at the bottom for me. I can't get into this, blah, blah, blah. You know, that this is an interesting... Again, admirable effort, but it's not something that's to be super celebrated. You know, I've seen other people write about all of Queen's work, and they specifically omit Flash Gordon. And I originally thought that was an odd choice, but I'll tell you what, after my experience, maybe that's not the worst idea, and here's why. See, I can't rank this album with the rest of Queen's albums, and honestly, I don't rank Queen's albums anyway, because it's always changing for me. But this album doesn't fit with the rest at all. 
It is entirely unique in its structure and its intention. This is not a conventional album at all. You're not meant to experience it that way. You're supposed to get lost in the story. Whether it's the Flash Gordon story or something you make up in your mind as you're listening to these tracks and imagining the characters all entirely on your own. It's like reading a book and you haven't seen the film. You imagine things differently in your head. That reminds me of people talking about Lord of the Rings. (laughs) Lord of the Rings and how different it is compared to what they imagined or the pronunciation of names compared to what they imagined. So it can be a little bit jarring in those instances. But for this, I think when you have a soundtrack like this, you're going to experience it in a very unique way, especially when you haven't seen the film. And that's actually a huge accomplishment because that means the album works for what it is. Brian wanted it to be something that you could experience without the context of the film and it would be an adventure. And I think they succeeded. So it it doesn't stand against any other Queen albums because honestly, aside from the signature moments, Brian's epic guitar, Freddie's piercingly awesome aggressive vocals, which we only get twice, Roger's fanatical, crazy heavy drumming with all those cymbals, John's lyrical melodic bass lines that don't appear enough, if I'm honest, aside from those trademarks, which yeah, they are obvious, they're there, they're obvious, this doesn't feel like a Queen album to me. And I realize that sounds bad. That sounds like I'm saying they're lacking their usual magic. It's just different magic. It's just a different color. It's just a different experience. That's all I'm saying. So I can't sit here and tell you, oh, this is way better than album X. I I can't do that because this stands alone as what it is. And for what it is, I'm very impressed. This is a competent, complete, realized effort. And the guys put their magic in there. They all had a say, they all had a moment, and they all did it really well. And I think the fact that they accomplished that in the middle of a year where they were running around, working on other music too, I mean, this is pretty rad that they were able to accomplish this. And they were the first band to do something like this. And Brian specifically said they didn't have enough time to get this done. He wanted more time. They wanted more time. They even pushed the release of their greatest hits because they wanted to give this more time when it was released. Anyway, Flash Gordon impresses me. So while I can't tell you that it is magnificent in Queen's catalog, I can tell you for what it is, for what it's meant to be, I'm really impressed. No, I'm probably not going to keep every single song from this album on my iPod forever. It's not going to be like Queen's other albums where I can listen to them from start to finish. I'm going to pick out the the things that I can jive to. I do love the love theme (laughs) from Roger. I'm going to pick out the stuff that gets me running faster and driving happy, and I'm going to keep it. But that is the one exception with this album. I'm not going to keep it all on my iPod. Space on my iPod is precious because it's not a classic iPod that, yeah, can you even get those anymore? Save Amazon for a million dollars each? I don't know. I miss iPods. I will enjoy the bits of this that I, I think were stunning because there were moments here that were, yes, stunning, fantastic, goosebump-inducing, 
I love saying that. They make your heart smile. They make you feel. There are fantastic moments on Flash Gordon. But it's interesting that at the time, there were, there were music press critics who likened this to, you know, Charlton Heston winning the chariot race in Ben-Hur. You know, they, they called this epic. Five out of five. But more retrospective reviews say this is sorely lacking. You know, two out of 10, two out of five stars. I'm looking back at my notes here. In 1992, Chicago Tribune rated it one out of four stars. And, and the comments from some of these write-ups, quote, when they, Queen, got called to do the soundtrack to the 1980 sci-fi action movie, Flash Gordon, it seemed like a match made in heaven. A bombastic rock group playing for a cheesy science fiction thrill ride. What could possibly go wrong with that? Well, almost everything went wrong. Unquote. That was from what Sputnik Music, I think I got that, where it retains, this album retains a 2.3 rating. And I think fans and listeners are divided. I, I see it all the time. Some people call it fantastic for what it is. I am one of those people because, again, I don't think you can call this a classic Queen album. It's not. But other people criticize it. And the comment I read the most is as a standalone album, Without context of the film, it doesn't hold up. But I don't think that's true at all. I, I think the biggest reason people don't like this is because they think of it as a Queen album. And even though the Queen name is on it, of course, it's not meant to be experienced the same way. The guys did their absolute best here, I think. They put everything into this, everything they had the energy to do. And they made it work incredibly well. And I think it does stand up as a storytelling album that has some fantastic, moving, surprising music arrangements in it. And I think that addition of Howard Blake in the orchestral segments is absolutely needed. I do think that adds the weight and the emotion to this that it needs. It certainly helps. And the soundtrack, let's think about the context of, of, let's imagine the film without the soundtrack. The film has gained this cult status. It's a, it's a classic, it's camp, people love it because it's so ridiculous and silly. But without the addition of Queen's music, what would, what would it be like? Because Queen's music is memorable. Even some of those brief themes, they stick in your head. You think... You might hear it five years later and remember what, you kind of remember what it is because they're memorable. The guys are really good at that. The guys are really good at writing things that stick and stay with you. But they're also really good at inventive and experimental things. So I think the guys, and I've said this multiple times, talking about Flash Gordon's tracks, these songs, they are much darker and more serious than the tone of the film, which is very flashy, pun intended, bright, kind of cheesy. Yeah, you've, you've got dialogue that doesn't seem to work. And a lot of that is because they couldn't decide when they were filming whether this was going to be a serious deal or whether this was going to be comedy. So what you end up with is a little bit of both. And because of that, there's a tone that's not consistent. But I think 
the addition of this cinematic music gives the film a lot more substance, in my opinion. I think it's needed, and that says a lot for what the guys did, too, that they were able to take a film that might have disappeared into complete oblivion. But because of the music, because of the theme, this thing continues to live on. And some people love it because it is so ridiculous, Flash Gordon, the film. They love it and they love the music. It's memorable for that reason. Music sticks with you. So bravo to the boys for taking on something like that and making it more than it might be at first glance. I'm going to have to go back and watch the movie again because now that I've listened to all the themes multiple times over as I've dove, dived through them, (laughs) I want to go back and watch the film and listen for those key pieces of music. Listen for those moving moments, those moments that rise up and invigorate and inspire. And the guys did a great job. Thank you to Brian for continuing to drive this project. I wonder if there was any influencing going on. I wonder if he came to the guys and said, look, we really want to do this. And the guys were like, okay, well, I'll take this and you'll take this. Brian did say that, that they sat down and said, okay, I'm going to take these pieces and you do those and, and we're good. The one person I wish we'd heard from more was Mr. John Deacon. John and Roger don't contribute as much to each album. That is one thing that was very consistent with his album from the others, is we hear more from Freddie and Brian than we do from Roger and John. But John had some extremely short moments of composition, and he's so good at catchy poppy, soulful things. Maybe we could have used a little bit more of that soul, John. And I have to say, happy belated birthday to Mr. Deacon. Anyway, Brian takes Flash Gordon, ladies and gentlemen, and that officially puts a cap on it. I am done with the ninth album of Queen. We're ready to dive into number 10. Can you believe it? Into the 80s, we go further down, and it's going to be interesting. I've talked about big shifts in sound from from one album to the next previously, but this is bigger. This is bigger, more dramatic, more rapid shift than we've had ever before from the boys. It was extremely controversial in Queen's catalog. It was extremely surprising. Some people still hate it. Others have come to love it. We're going to talk all about it when I kick it off in my next episode. I'm so sorry. I'm having a good day. This is great. Okay, guys, before I keep you any longer, before I talk about Flash (gasps) anymore, I bid you a very fond farewell. That makes me want to quote Bilbo Baggins. (laughs) Do you guys remember that speech? What did he say? I don't know half of you half as well as I should like, and I like less than half of you half as well as you deserve. (laughs) That is one of the best lines. I feel like it, it just epitomizes the cleverness of his character, and especially the way it was played. Mr. Ian Holmes. Great, fantastic performance. Sorry, Lord of the Rings references. You know what? There are bands, there are artists who have written things specifically inspired by Lord of the Rings. 
In fact, Enya has a song called Lothlorien. And wouldn't that have been epic if Queen had written some, I know they, they wrote fantastical stuff. Hello, Queen 2. <laughs> but it would have been epic if one of them had said, I want to write about Lord of the Rings. We're going to sing about elves. They do sing about ogres. <laughs> okay, I'm done. I'm done. I'll be back next time, you guys. Keep yourselves alive and stay safe and happy and healthy and all that jazz. We're going to kick off another album very soon. So hang in there. Thanks for listening in. I appreciate you all. Love that you're here. Let's keep on rocking. I know that's cheese. I don't care. Keep on rocking. <laughs>